verse this morning that I'm going to point your attention to in, in just a few moments. It's found in the book of Acts, and so if you've been with us during uh, this series of messages in uh, the Gospel of John, uh, you can just find John and then go one more book over and you'll find yourself in the book of Acts where we'll be in chapter 1 in just a moment. Uh, this idea that I want to put in front of you for this month, and so we're going to… Uh, I've preached on John, uh, the Gospel of John for a month. We're going to take one month away uh, to talk about the mission of the church, and then in March we'll come back to the Gospel of John and, uh, and spend an extended period of time there for a number of weeks. But I want to I put in front of you the idea of how we can be what I am uh, ta- I'm calling for us a 3M church, and, that's gonna, uh, and, and I want to talk about those three words of multiply, mature, and mobilize in a few moments. When you hear these stories about the life of our church, about the generosity of its people, you see how it is that uh, one person has expressed faith in Christ because he found hope and light and healing in the person and in the message of Jesus, in the work and the power of Christ in His resurrection. Uh, You hear the story of of a teenage girl. Uh, who finds uh, help from people who love her and encourage her walk with Christ. When you hear the story of a, of a faithful friend like Pat, who just keeps on keeping on, making sure that the message of the Bible is delivered into the lives of people, it, it makes me pause to say, well, well how, did, how, did, how does all of this get accomplished? How does this work its way out? Because we are a varied and different kind of people sitting in this room and a part of this church family. But I want to tell you about a few of the other things that got accomplished in the life of our church. Last year in 2017, we saw 49 of you become members of our church. So we had 49 new members. 20 of those were people who were baptized. And so there were 20 people last year that, that made a public confession of their faith before us in the waters of baptism. Last year, we started four new life groups, new Bible study groups for adults uh, in, in the effort to try to get people connected into the life of the church and into the ministries of the church. Our associate pastor, John Gregory, many of you went through the First Steps or the Ministry Connections course, and 37 people went through those, and many of those who went through those courses were either just coming into the life of the church or because of those courses decided to become members of the church. Our kids' ministry has flourished this year. We've seen regularly 32 kids in an afternoon homework club over at Ballard Elementary School. Regularly on Wednesday night, we're seeing an average of 60 kids on campus in our ministries here. For Vacation Bible School, 40 of you were the volunteers for 169 kids that were here during the week for VBS. And on the fall festival, there were 160 of you that volunteered to facilitate 1,250 of our neighbors being on our campus so that we could be a ministry to the community. Our student ministry has continued to grow as well. Uh, Aaron was able to take five uh, out of our student ministry to a very intensive student leadership university earlier in 2017. Eleven of our students went on a mission trip to New Orleans, and he is regularly seeing about 55 teenagers come for revolution on Wednesday night for that worship service. 
With our Ballard Elementary School partnership, uh, you've sponsored backpacks and shoes and bicycles and uniforms and school pictures. Some of you leaned in and said, I want to personally help sponsor a kid whose family just needs a little bit of a hand up and, and just love and encourage on them. And so some of you got to have a Christmas dinner with those families, and we will continue to try to bless those families that have kids at Ballard Elementary School. There's a team of people, there are teams of people that do work that even many of us don't even recognize is going on. Uh, there's a group of adults that every week, uh, a group of guys and a group of ladies that go over to a, a resident facility called the Palm Shores Behavioral Health Center. It is a resident facility for kids and for teenagers that have severe behavioral problems in their lives, and they need to be in a particular home for a while. And we've got groups of men and women that go over there every single week to lead Bible studies for these kids. And during the course of 2017, we saw kids get saved. And on top of that, we saw staff members at Palm Shores give their lives to Christ because they heard the message of hope. And then there's adult on missions. Uh, there's the random acts of kindness team. There's the hands to heart folks that are they're crocheting blankets to give to people that are in cancer wards and, and new moms that, have, that just have had babies. They're giving them away baby blankets. We've even started sending the baby blankets to our church planting partners in Miami so that they can give them away in order to build relational bridges. You as a church family facilitated benevolent work for over a thousand people in our community through our food pantry, our clothes closet, and just the regular work that our staff does on a weekly basis of helping people in our community. As a church family, when we had Compassion Sunday in January, remember the big Compassion Experience tent that was in the parking lot? You as a church family sponsored 100 kids in third world countries in order to help them get connected, to help them get academic education, hygiene education, cultural education, and be involved in a church family where they're going to hear the gospel of Jesus. And then at Christmas time, you remember that uh, all of these steps were filled with over 300 boxes that were going to be sent out with Operation Christmas Child in order to facilitate ministry around the world. This is the work, this and a whole lot of other stuff that you did in the life of the church where you were giving yourself away, where you made the decision, this is not going to be about me, it's not going to be about what's comfortable for me. It's not going to be about what I can save, what I can keep. It's going to be about what I can give away out of my life. Well, that is what Jesus told us to do. In the book of Acts chapter 1, Jesus is at the end of his earthly ministry. He has already done the work of salvation. He has died on the cross in our place for our sins. He has physically gone into the grave, and he has been risen from the dead, victorious over sin, hell, death, and the grave altogether. He is the risen Lord. He has spent 40 days with his followers. And in Acts chapter 1, right before he is going to ascend back to his throne in heaven in this mysterious, beautiful, divine act that only Jesus can accomplish, his followers ask him a crucial question in their mind. They say, Lord, is it right now that you're going to reestablish the kingdom? They're asking, are, do, okay, we followed you. Do we get to be in charge of the earth now? 
And Jesus says to them, it's not for you to know the times and the dates that have been set by my Father's authority, but I want you to look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is what Jesus tells them. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You're, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That is the only way, church family, that we can accomplish any of this. That is the only way that we can encourage a young lady like Shanti to stay faithful in in a lifelong walk with Jesus. It's the only way that I know how to talk to my friend Richard about how to follow Christ is that he's got to trust the Spirit of the living God. It's the only way that a good friend like Pat can lead a Bible study on a weekly basis, and not just a weekly basis lately, but has been willing to lead in that kind of ministry for decades, uh, is that she leans upon the power of the Spirit of God in her life. It's the only way that we can be truly generous and to give joyfully. It's the only way to find hope in life is to, to be leaning on the power of God, the Holy Spirit, that He can empower us. And when He does, it says something special is going to happen in our lives. Now, I want to remind you of something uh, that I said to you uh, some months ago. I asked you a question about what kind of church members will we be? Because we can be all sorts of kind of different church members. And I, I'm going to quickly remind you, I told you there's, there's five kind of church member that you can be. The, the first kind of church member you can be is you can be an undertaker. Uh, you can be the person who just wants to manage decline, both in your life and in an organization, just comfort grieving people because of things that are lost. We can be undertakers. Or we can be caretakers. We can hold on to what we have. We can try to live in a time warp of our favorite uh, decade. Uh, we can be stagnant and in a perpetual plateau. We can just live as a church that's really more of a chaplaincy uh, where we just care for what we've got and we don't try to get anything else or get anybody else. Or thirdly, we can be ticket takers. We can decide that we're going to have the biggest hoop-de-wah show. That's an Alabama term, sorry. It, comes, just, it just rushes out of me every once in a while. We can just decide that what we want to do is just get people in the door and just make them religious shoppers of, and consumers of religious goods and services, that we've got the bigger show than, than anybody else around in town, and we got the most impressive whatever, and we can just be a, have a ticket-taker mentality that we, we just want a big crowd. Or we can be a risk-taker church, which is a, uh, it's a little decept, deceitful. Uh, the risk-taker church is, uh, and member is the one who periodically crosses uh, relational and cultural boundaries, and we're going to go over there for a little bit, but we're not going to stay over there. We're going to go over those other people's neighborhood for a little bit, but we don't want to stay over there. Uh, we're going to go over there to these other people where, that are unlike us, and what we're actually going to ask them to do is we're going to ask them to come back over here and be compliant uh, with us. We want them to take all of the relational risk because we like it to be safe over here. We want to just stay at home base. Uh, we want to pretend that everything is safe and neat and, and tidy over here, and we want everybody else to take the risk to come into our relationships rather than us actually going out on mission. And, and none of the four of these really look like what Jesus asks us to do in Acts 1.8. Instead, fifthly, what we need to be is uh, we need to be a grace giver kind of church. Uh, we need to be the people that die to self 
so that Christ can be made known. Jesus is the one who said that we're supposed to go and make disciples of all nations, that we're supposed to go and make sure that everybody has heard a witness. Because he says, and when the Holy Spirit has come on you, then you will be my witnesses. There is this thought that when I get the Holy Spirit, that it is there to make me happy, it's there to make me healthy, it's there to make me wealthy, it's there to make me wise, that the Holy Spirit comes on my life to benefit me. And let me tell you something, when the Holy Spirit fills you and empowers you, it, it's going to make your life better. But the primary reason for which Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you will be my witnesses. The, the Holy Spirit empowerment in our lives is to drive us out, not to keep us home. That's why I think part of the great legacy of our church uh, that was founded 128 years ago is one of the original monikers by which our church was called. And, if, and some of you know the history of our town, Braden, uh, Bradenton actually used to be called Braden Town. There was an I in the braid and a W in the town, or the ton, or, anyway, Braden Town. One of the original uh, ways that our church was referred to was the Missionary Baptist Church of Bradentown. It was right there in our name, missionary, because this was a place that didn't have enough witness of the gospel. And so people made the decision that this needed to be a missionary place. So how can we do this? How can we press forward being a grace giver kind of church? Well, it means that we're we're going to do it, and I can, I can lay it out for you quickly in a one, two, three kind of fashion. Number one, there is only one goal for us as a church, and that is to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. That is our one goal. That is the thing we do. That is the reason that we exist, is to help people follow Jesus. And we need to, in every way possible, let our disciple-making determine and drive our decision-making. Now, you, you write that down, put it on Facebook, tweet it out, you know, cross-stitch it and hang it on your wall. We need to let disciple-making drive our decision-making because we want to help people find hope and healing spiritually in their lives in Jesus Christ. This is why we exist, to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. We do that one goal because two, there's only two categories of people in the world. There's only two categories of people in the world, lost and saved. It is not member and attendee. It's not patriot, unpatriotic. It's not rich or poor. It's not this ethnicity or that ethnicity. It's not foreign or domestic. It's not here nor there. There's only two kind of people in the world. People who know Jesus and people who don't know Jesus. And it's the job of everybody who knows Jesus to make sure everybody else knows Jesus. And that's got to be our driving force. And so when we find ourselves allowing our view of other people get colored so that primarily we see people through a grid other than who they are eternally and who they are spiritually, then we've lost our edge as disciples of Jesus But because we have this one goal that we want to make sure that God is completely honored and glorified by His church, by His people, making everyone else understand that they can be a disciple of Jesus Christ. One goal, two categories, 
And we can fulfill this through three basic activities, three mindsets, three perspectives of multiply, mature, and mobilize. We need to be about the business of multiplying the number of believers that there are in the world. And we do this by personal evangelism, sharing our faith on a regular basis in regular conversations with all the regular people that are around us. We are going to multiply the number of believers because of our group ministry. That because when people attend a life group, whether it's on campus or in a home, that they get to hear the story, the testimony, the truth of how Jesus is real and how Jesus saves and how Jesus preserves and how Jesus empowers. And you're, we're going to hear, we're going to multiply the number of believers through all of our mass ministries. On Sunday mornings, we're going to talk about it in worship. In our children's ministry, it's going to be spoken of in vacation Bible school. When our, when our teenagers get together for student ministry, Aaron is going to make sure that the gospel is all over that place. And so we're going to multiply the number of believers, but also we want to mature as believers in Christ, which means in your own personal life, you got to be dedicated to your own personal walk with Christ of reading the Bible and praying to the Lord and being faithful in the gifts that He's given you. We're gonna, we, we've got to dedicate that in our own life, that when I'm all alone, I want to be alone with Christ. That we're going to dedicate ourselves to a group ministry of life groups and growth groups and accountability groups and men's groups and women's groups and children's groups and teenager groups and senior adult groups that are going to be dedicated to the idea of helping people take one more step forward in their maturity in Christ, one more step toward who Christ is and the power that he has in order to transform their lives. And we need to mobilize we have a going and a giving God. We should never be a sedentary and stingy people. We have a going and a giving God. We should never be a sedentary and stingy people. Amen. Amen. And, and we, as a church family, can mobilize in two really powerful directions. We're doing it right now. Our church has been doing it for a long time. I think we ought to keep doing it. Church planting and compassionate care. Helping churches get started in places where the gospel doesn't have a strong enough witness, like downtown Miami and like Stapleton, Colorado, and like uh, Fuhais, Jordan. And also doing compassionate care, like what we're going to do through the Florida Mission, uh, Florida Baptist Children's Home, and through More International, caring for kids that are right here in our state and caring for refugees all over the world. This is what we do as a people. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be incredibly simple. That on a personal level, you're dedicated to growing in Christ, talking about Christ, being mobilized for Christ. On a group level, we are dedicated to talking about and sharing the gospel and helping people grow in the gospel and helping people get mobilized into the ministries of the gospel. And, and on a mass level, that we are going to proclaim the greatness of our God, that we are going to encourage people to walk along with Him in this life, and we're going to encourage people to get out of themselves and get out of their comfort zones and get out of their little boxes to take the gospel to places that it, it hasn't been yet. The Holy Spirit wants, He wants to empower you. He wants to help you. He wants to give you strength. And there is power from the Holy Spirit to convict us where we've been lazy and we've been sinful and we've been apathetic. 
And there is power in the Holy Spirit to commission us, to propel us forward into the greatness of what God has for us. You see, because it's all about glorifying God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. And we're going to do that through the work of multiplying, maturing, and mobilizing people to do the great work of the kingdom of God. This morning, I want you to respond to Jesus in in two very particular ways today. I, I want you to recognize that Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross in your place for your sins. And He has said in His Word that if you will confess that He is the Son of God and that He is risen from the dead, that you can be saved. That if you are willing to confess Him as Lord and Savior of your life, it doesn't have to be a grand gesture of standing on a platform with a microphone. It is in the, in the confines of your heart, the intent of your heart that you cry out to the Lord saying, I know I'm a sinner and I know that you're holy and I know that Christ is risen from the dead in order to to pay the penalty for my sins. He died. I'm putting my faith in him. I am going to trust him. That's what I want you to do to respond to Jesus. Now, the second part of that is if you've already made that decision in your life, I want you to pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you with His unfathomable power. I want you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to absolutely fill you up with His love and His courage and His boldness and His knowledge and His wisdom and His insight that He will propel you into every day's occurrences, not just being one more person who walked into the conversation, but that you are the person carrying the weight of the heavenly wisdom with you so that you can minister in an eternal fashion to people that are hurting or are in pain. Wouldn't you want to walk in that kind of power? And all you have to do is ask for it. All you have to do is surrender to it. So this morning, uh, during our time of response, it might be that you want to come to the altar and kneel and pray and say, Father, I am ready for you to use me in whatever way you want. Fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. You may want to come to one of the pastors and say, I'm ready to become a Christian. Will you just help me to guide me through a prayer of what it is that I need to say to the Lord? You may have decided this is the place you want it to be your church home. You want to to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Or there's some prayer need that's in your life and in your heart that you just wish somebody would just put an arm around you and just pray with you through a, a rough patch. As a church family, I hope that you've seen the testimony that this is who we can be for one another guiding each other to maturity in Christ, guiding each other to multiply the number of believers there are in the world, guiding one another to be engaged in ministries. This is who we are. Let's pray together.